Hello and welcome to the Black Eye Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle. How are you doing today? I hope you're doing well. My thoughts and prayers are with you. Today's subject is Trump's mistake. Yes, Donald Trump made a mistake. He made several. But this one is more long-lasting. It lingers longer and it has an ego and it really does not see the forest for the trees. What is that mistake, you may ask? Dr. Fauci. Yes, Dr. Fauci is Trump's mistake. Now, when in the beginning of the pandemic, uh, President, then President Trump did the right thing by relying on people who knew better how to respond to this pandemic than he would have. He, he did that. He, re- he relied on Dr. Burks. I like Dr. Burks. Anybody knows what happened to Dr. Burks? Because I really liked her. Um, and he relied on Dr. Anthony Fauci. Now, the, the response that, do- that Donald Trump, the president at the time, had toward the pandemic, I believe, was appropriate. You know, he was very careful not to to not to tread on uh civil liberties, you know. He really didn't want to shut down, but he he, he when once he recognized that that was the only way to help slow the spread, <laughs> that statement. Um he what he did, he shut down the economy, he he um he rolled with the punches, he listened to Dr. Fauci, he he listened to Dr. Burks. You know, they both did an excellent job at the beginning of this pandemic. No doubt about it. Where the mistake happens was when Dr. Fauci began to not necessarily disagree with the president because he did say in an interview with Jake Tapper, I believe it was. Is it John Tapper? Jake Tapper? I can't remember which one is which. Um, that for the most part, the president said exactly what they talked about. So the president didn't lie about, and I'm talking about Trump now for those of you who just joined in, but um, he didn't lie about what was being spoken about in the room. But Trump had a big resistance to. A, shutting down the economy, and B, you know, telling, you know, with the doom and gloom. He, he, he didn't want to do that. And he, and he went on to explain, Trump did explain, he explained that the reason why he did that is because Dr. Fauci's job is to give him the worst case scenario, to give him the doom and gloom, and he was a politician, and his job was to be more optimistic. And it seemed to me, now this is my opinion, you don't have to agree with that, of course. But it seems to me that that was a very healthy balance on how to handle the pandemic. And, you know, Trump was like, don't give in to the fear of it. You know, we have to get on with our lives. Be strong. Let's meet it. Let's get it. Let's get through this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Where the mistake occurred, and let me just say that Trump did recognize his mistake, um, was when Dr. Fauci, ahead of Dr. Burks. Now, Dr. Burks 
and he, everybody remembers her for her scarves. I think her scarves were very pretty. I like scarves, and uh, I like the I like her because she wore her scarves, and I, I thought they were pretty. I thought they were very nice. I liked her little flair. But you know, everybody remembered her for what they call her awful scarves, and. You know, she was a very measured, she is, she's not dead. She is a very measured, careful person. And the great deal of time, and she complained about this herself, she said, you know, she didn't like to go on, on interviews, especially on CNN and, and the different um, uh, cable news, you know, whatevers, um, because she really just wanted to talk about the pandemic. She wanted to give people facts. She wanted to just talk about, you know, what people needed to do, um, how people could fight back. You know, she, she wanted to give true medical information. But she said she was tired of every time she was on the show, the, the conversation would turn over to what Trump was thinking. And she really didn't want to be a political person. She really didn't. She just wanted to come out and give the facts. And you know, she did exceptionally well. When Andrew Cuomo was out there hollering and screaming and throwing his little conniption fit that president wasn't giving him any money, wasn't sending him any ventilators, wasn't doing anything for New York. You know, she calmly came out there uh, out on the podium and she said, you know, there is no evidence no evidence to prove that Cuomo here, this governor, needs more ventilators. No evidence. And you know what happened? Do you remember? Do you remember what happened? Cuomo comes out and he goes, oh, well, yeah, I didn't need them right now. I, I needed them for, like, the future. You know, we don't know what might happen. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Anyhow. That got me to thinking about uh, Dr. Fauci. Fauci. Dr. Fauci, you know, as Dr. Burks began to fade away because she didn't like the politicization of uh, being in the public eye and they're constantly asking her about Trump. We know who's doing that. CNN. <coughs> CNN. <coughs> and, uh, you know, she, she, she got very weary with it. And so she began to fade away into the, into, I guess, you know, silence and oblivion. And Dr. Fauci came in. Now, he never outright said anything remotely disrespectful, but he did have little ahs and mmms and little hesitations that made you believe or insinuated very subtly. Again, this is my perspective, not anybody else's, that maybe he and the president weren't on the same wavelength. He never, he never actually said that. But he kind of intimated through body language, through hymns and haws, through backtracking, through everything else. Now, he, Dr. Fauci's going on more and more shows. Uh, he's on television a lot. He's, he's talking more and more. And I think a little bit too late, President Trump realized his mistake. And so, Doc, uh, President Trump tells Dr. Fauci, you know, don't go on television so much. Just stop going on television. You don't need to go on television that much. And, of course, 
because Donald Trump says something like this, uh, this was taken as Trump is trying to suppress the truth because Dr. Fauci really wants to tell you the truth, but Donald Trump doesn't want you to know it. Of course. So it's then taken to believe that, you know, Trump is trying to suppress the truth, doesn't want, you know, Dr. Fauci to tell the truth. And the left find all of his little quirks and his little hesitations and his little intimations. They found in him a person of uh, uh, solidarity. They love him. He's a darling now. Look at him. He's part of the resistance, you know. And now, you know, Dr. Fauci, because Trump accidentally, excuse me, just had a sip of tea and now it's going through. But um, um, Trump accidentally created a monster. Uh, he left it to Dr. Fauci to, you know, to talk about it, to tell about it, to, to you know, help people, give people information. But mm, Dr. Fauci, he, he didn't do what he was supposed to do, at least in Trump's eyes and as the American people were watching, at least not in our eyes. So now the left find him a darling. They think he's a, he, you know, he's, he's one of them. And, uh, you know, his body language, his facial expressions all intimate a kind of uh, discontent. And now we have in, you know, and, Everybody is beginning to see this discontent. We're, we're watching on television, so we are picking up these little cues and these little hums and hums and these little intimations. They're very subtle. There's nothing outright disrespectful that he has said. But the public picked up on it. They're like, you know, you need to fire Fauci. You need to fire him. You need to fire Fauci. Fauci is the problem, etc., etc. Donald Trump knowing full well that he cannot fire Fauci at this point because it is already too late. The man is all over the television screen. He's everywhere. He hits disattention. He's being respected, adored, loved, all of this thing. And why? The left loves him because he is resisting Trump. In comes Joe Biden. Now, so Joe Biden does what every president does. They leave the science to the scientist. And Dr. Fauci is still everywhere. He's all over the television. I, there is, is there a day when he is not on television? Is there a day when he is not commenting on something he probably shouldn't be commenting about? It's October and he's talking about what you're going to do on Christmas. Like, is there a day when he has not made any sort of statement? If there is, name one. Because even if I'm not listening, even if I'm on my Xbox Series S trying to block out the world, he somehow um, insinuates his way in, and some statement that he has made has blasted the media, and he's everywhere. He's everywhere. So, 
every time, and I've said this in previous podcasts, every time I hear him, every time I see his little face, it annoys me. I groan. I roll my eyes. It's just like, oh, God, can't you just go away? Take a break. Take a breather. Go do something with yourself. Play tennis. Do, do something. Why are you always on television? And he's always with the MSNBC and he's always on CNN and maybe, I don't know if he's ever made it to Fox. Honestly, I don't really know. Again, I tried to stay as far away from cable news as possible. I like the written media much better because you find little gems that are, you know, well, you know, you find, you find some truth somewhere, kernel of truth somewhere. But here we are. Here we are um, with our esteemed Dr. Fauci, and he is not happy about this interview. He has he is a, he is a monster now. He has been created. He has uh, he has he's out here. He's out here every day, and. I thought maybe, because this was a thought in my mind, that maybe the reason why people are so hesitant is because they're tired of seeing Dr. Fauci. They're tired of looking at his face. They're tired of hearing his voice. They're tired of his input in, in, in everything, you know, from policy to this to that to the other thing. And maybe just a little bit, maybe not too much, but just enough to to be a fly buzzing around in your ear. Maybe he is contributing to the lack of trust in 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 our institutions, in uh, you know the science, not necessarily the science, but in 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 our medical institutions, the CDC, the FDA, maybe. Just maybe. And I thought to myself, this is Trump's mistake. Now I'm going to go off on a little tangent for a bit. And I'm going to talk about Trump's mistake in the White House. How he was slow to 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 um, rid himself of the people who were from the previous administration. And he didn't replace any of those people. He was very slow to do that. That was a mistake on his part. And it turned around and it bit him in the ass. Because you can't have people around you who don't like you, who don't trust you, who don't believe in your dream. You can't have them around you. They're not going to always agree with you, but you can't have people who don't understand you around you. So when he, when Trump talks about the deep state, he kind of contributed to the deep state by not replacing the people in the deep state in the first place. And those were people around him, in the White House, all around him. They were spies everywhere. He was being undermined at every turn. But he did nothing to stop the underminers. Because uh, 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 Obama got rid of everybody. He, he, he swept it clean. 
those he could replace, he replaced. Now, I'm not saying that Dr. Fauci should have been replaced. I don't know. But looking at it now, I see how this monster has grown because of Trump's lack of. Well, and, and in this case, he allowed the monster to grow a little bit too big, and then he tried to rein it in, and then he couldn't rein it in. Because trying to rein him in, trying to rein Dr. Fauci in, contributed to the narrative. So that's why when this interview came up from uh, Hewitt, it hit home for me, especially the thoughts and feelings I had about Fauci in the first place and why I felt that Fauci had to go. And so I'm going to let you, I'm going to play the interview. I'm not going to read to you this time. I'm actually going to play the interview. I found the interview. It's uh, it's an audible and I'm going to let you listen to it. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to comment on it a little bit more. And hopefully we can, you know, uh, you can see where it all went wrong. So without further ado or adult. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play the Dr. Fauci, Mr. Hewitt interview. Uh, Doctor, you're special. Hold on just a second. Okay. Uh, good morning, Hugh. Always good to be with you. It's about the half dozen time you've been on, and I always get the same reaction. Uh, portion of my audience loves you. Most of my audience doesn't like you, Dr. Fauci. You know that, but but you come on and I appreciate it. I would like to begin with two objective things. Kyrie Irving and other major stars in the NBA refuse to get vaccinated. They suggest there's a lot of things wrong with the vaccine. Would you speak directly to Kyrie about the damage he is doing by spreading vaccine lies? Well, I mean, Hugh, it's, I think you have to put it into perspective of what is going on in the country with regard to COVID-19. The now you know, inching close to 700,000 deaths with a vaccine that unequivocally, from a scientific and public health standpoint, has been shown to be highly effective. That is what I refer to as societal responsibility. And although there are individual choices that people can make, when you're dealing with a deadly pandemic, You've got to also understand your responsibility to the society within which you live. So I wouldn't want to be pointing a finger at this young man, but I would hope to be able to get him to understand that by allowing the virus to infect you, even though as an individual you say, I'll take my own chances, I don't care, I'm young, I'm healthy, the likelihood that I'm going to get a serious disease is low, which is true. You can't deny that. But what happens is that when you do get infected, it's very well likely that you might pass that infection on to someone who would suffer very terribly from that virus. So you don't want to be a vehicle for the propagation of an outbreak that unequivocally has devastated society. That's what I would appeal to. His feeling So you need 
need to speak to them directly. It's not pleasant. What do you tell their basketball stars? Well, you know, you, you tell them that it's untrue. I mean, the fact is, these are people, they're not stupid people. And yet, they are somehow or other been convinced of things that are just not factual here. I mean, you look at the data. The data are overwhelming that these are highly effective and safe. And if you look at the track record of vaccines in general, what they've done for society and the benefit-risk ratio overwhelmingly weighs in favor of the benefit. And it's just factual. I mean, it's it, 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 sometimes it's inexplicable that people can look at data and just say it doesn't exist. I mean, it does. Okay, it's just factual. I'll, I'll come back to that in a second. I want to go to the panel. I got my booster on Friday. My wife and I, first day of eligibility, first day of this period, we're Pfizer people. We were on the wrong side of 65 when the vaccine came out. We were on the right side of 65 when the vaccine booster came out. So we were first in line. We got it. We're happy. No side effects. Got the flu shot. All good. I want to go back to the FDA panel and the CDC panel. And I'm sure you participated in both their recommendations. I disagree with the recommendation on which the booster should be available to any American who wants it. Because this is a free country. Equity issues entered into that conversation. We had advisory panel members bring their own policies to the table about international equity issues. Did you or anybody say to them, that's not your job? Your job is to make a scientific discussion about the booster, not tell us about international equity. Well, Hugh, I didn't take part in addressing or discussing with those advisory groups because that would not be appropriate. But what I have done publicly in multiple forums and telling you now to confirm how I feel, I agree with you on this. This should have been a scientifically based decision, not a decision that is in some respects influenced by other policy type decisions. The United States of America is, has done more and is committed to be doing even more to get doses of vaccine to low and middle income countries. We have done more than all of the rest of the world combined. So my approach would be just as you said. That is an important issue, global equity. We are addressing that. The rest of the world of rich countries should also be addressing that. But that needs to be put aside when you talk about what's the scientific basis for recommendations regarding booster doses for those of us here in this country. And it's no secret how I feel. I feel a bit what that recommendation is. The recommendation had a strong dichotomy. It seems like they were saying it is okay as long as you don't wind up in the hospital and die. So if the vaccine efficacy wanes for infection, mild and moderate disease, that's okay. You don't really need a booster now. As long as the vaccine efficacy for hospitalization prevention doesn't wane. I don't feel that way. I feel we need to protect not only from getting people in the hospital, that's very, very important, but we don't want people to get sick because if you get COVID, yes, you could get asymptomatic and you could get mild disease 
However, you can also get pretty sick and not necessarily have to go to the hospital. So for that, in many respects, I'm agreeing with what you're saying. Well, I hear that. And, and doctor, there's a bigger issue. The government has a job to do, a constitutional order. It's represented by elected people, and the president is elected. Advisory committees are not only not elected, they're appointed by bureaucracies. If they're imposing their policy preferences on the American people who are free people, something is badly broken at the FDA and the CDC, and they need to be called out and rebuked. That is not their job. Do you agree with me? No, I don't. You. So I, I, I gave you how I feel individually as a physician, a scientist, and a public health person. But the process of looking at the data and getting the data as it exists now to drive a recommendation is a sound process. They don't always get it right, but they do it in a way that's a process that's a sound process. I believe, and I've said this publicly, that CDC Director Rochelle Walensky did a good thing and a courageous thing by not completely accepting the recommendation of the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices. I thought that was a good thing and I thoroughly agreed with that. The thing that got the confusion is saying, what do we know right now about the data versus what I personally, and this is not me as a committee member, but personally would have done and say, we need to stay ahead of the virus. So if you look at what's happening, for example, in Israel, and what is the suggestion of what's happening now, I would have leaned much more towards a broader allowance of boosters for people, as opposed to what was ultimately decided. Uh, doctor, your specialty is medicine and public health. Mine is constitutional law. I've taught it and practiced it for 25 years. And what they are doing going outside of their lane when they inject the equity discussion into a scientific discussion that leads me to my next question. This is difficult for me, but I want to run down for your benefit. The controversy since the virus started includes the botch testing at the beginning, no research on masks for children in primary care, the J&J &J pause, the controversy over the um, uh, the use or non-use of ivermectin, and there was no study yet completed. Dr. Collins told me it's not done yet. The, uh, the no discussion of, of natural immunity, which exists and ought to be out there. The discussion of herd immunity, which is switched, switched back and forth. The mask discussion at the beginning, don't wear masks, the noble lie, and then wear masks. Now, equity issues in the FDA panel scientific discussion. I've lost confidence in the CDC and the FDA. And I actually believe a lot of Americans, a significant part of America, now have lost confidence in you, Dr. Fauci. Is there a point where you will say, I do more harm than good because people don't listen to me anymore and step aside? No. Absolutely unequivocally no. You. Sorry. I mean, I agree with a lot of the things that you've been saying. You come from a different perspective than I do. But I think the thing that gets lost in the discussion and that people need to understand, and I do know that some people don't understand it and don't accept it, even if they, you know, smart people who evaluate it in their own context, is that we have been dealing with an evolving situation. And 
I just get back to what I've said before, and I totally understand and respect your differences, you. That when you have an evolving situation and data are rapidly evolving in something that's unprecedented and unknown, you have to evolve with it and look at the data as it exists now and make to the best of your ability a decision, a recommendation, uh, uh, all the kinds of things that go into the evolution. And things have changed. We didn't know things early on. I always get asked the question, it's a very common question, what would you have done back then if you knew what you know now? The question answers itself. <laughs> if I knew then what I know now, the circumstances would have been different. So if this were a completely static situation, and people change their mind and change their recommendations and things. You could say, my goodness, they're flip-flopping. What's going on? But it's been an evolving situation. From day one, we had no idea that a virus that could actually kill so many people would be completely asymptomatic in about 50 to 60% of people, and that many of the infections, almost half, were transmitted by people who had no symptoms. That's where the mask situation got all muddled. You know that. I mean, I'm telling you something you know. And I could understand when people are looking for definitive answers in an evolving situation. It doesn't work that way, Hugh. It just well, no, there's a, there's a large and a small part, Doctor. The large part is not, I'll come back to the small part on the mask. I'm told by people in the room that you knew there were a shortage of masks, so you told people not to wear masks so that we didn't have a run on masks. I actually understand that as public policy. I, I've read the account, I've talked to the people in the room. I know that you purposely told the noble lie to prevent us running out of masks in hospitals. I think it's bad policy, but I understand the motive. And I understand change. I change my mind every day. You know, I, I'm on the air every day. Stuff happens, I change my mind. But what you said earlier, it's just fact. Just a fact that Tony Fauci, not the guy I'm talking with, but Tony Fauci, the person in people's minds, is now an impediment to public health because people won't listen to you. They actively reject what Tony Fauci says for reasons which are complicated, have to do with psychology, mass communication, social media. But can you accept that if that's just a fact, you ought to respond to it and say, Mr. President, I think my time is up as a You know, with all due respect to, to you, you who I, who I do respect you and your intellect, I just completely disagree with that premise because there are an awful lot of people who do listen, who do the right thing from a public health standpoint. So because there are a lot of people who have ideas about conspiracies and, and changing minds and flip-flopping, that's not a reason to step down, not at all. When I was involved 40 years ago with HIV, and the activist community were looking at me as a representative of the, the face of the federal government and were trying to get things done. And it looked like we were at odds in the sense of uh, really essentially being hostile to each other, which we weren't. That would have been interpreted as, gee, the people who were involved in this particular difficult and, and devastating outbreak, don't like what you're doing, why don't you step down? As a matter of fact, as it turned out, we got close, they understood, 
I brought them into the dialogue, into the discussion, and the world and the community were much better off with that. So the idea that people right now are not listening to what I'm saying, what I'm saying is the truth. It is the I, truth. Dr. Fauci, I actually agree. I, I got the poster. I'm Mr. Vaccine. I get the same kind of heat you do. And so what I'm saying, though, is there comes a point where it is simply a matter of fact that Tony Fauci in the era of social media is different than Tony Fauci at the beginning of HIV. And if a new face for the program developed, we would see an increase in vaccines and an increase in booster use. So if that data is presented to you, that more people would get vaccinated if you left the scene, would you leave the scene? Hugh, I think that is a completely false narrative that people are not getting vaccinated because of me. I am very sorry. I've told you I've known you a long time and I respect you, but I totally reject that people are not getting vaccinated because of me. Are you kidding me, Hugh? Come on. I'm trying to explain to you the truth. I, I got vaccinated because of you, but there is a large segment of the American people that doesn't trust you now. And that can't be undone. So I want I, w- I want you to be able to just speak to them. I, I know your heart, I know your public service, but if you're an obstacle to getting vaccination rates up, should you step aside? I am not an obstacle to getting vaccinations up, Hugh. That is a completely false narrative that I would have to absolutely reject. Okay. And then, if you're, is it, are you persuadable on facts? If people show you polling, would that change your mind? Yeah, so people are saying, I'm not getting vaccinated because Dr. Fauci is in the government. Are you kidding me? No, actually, I believe that's the truth, Doctor. I believe well, I that believe... given... Go ahead. I'm sorry, Hugh. <laughs> that, that is ridiculous. How do you think you're understood by the center-right, Doctor? I really don't know that you know this. You might have a blind side here. How do you think you're understood? Not by conspiracy theorists. I'm not concerned with the 3%. I'm concerned with the 59%. Yeah, but, but Hugh, you are creating an absolutely false narrative that people sit down and say, you know, I don't want, I know that vaccines are good. I know that they may save my life and that they may save the life of my family and that I have a societal responsibility in order to keep this outbreak under control and to get it really under control. But I'm just not going to get vaccinated because of Tony Fauci. Hugh, You're not hearing me. No way. You're not hearing no. me, doctor. You're not <laughs> hearing me. I'm saying people see you come on and they turn off the channel where, because they don't like you. Whereas if a new face arrives, a new younger face that says, okay, new start. I'm never going to tell you that masks don't need to be worn because I got to. If a new person shows up, I think we're more effective. Yeah, last, yeah. last response to you. Okay, so you have Rochelle Walensky, a new young face, saying exactly the same thing. You have Vivek Murthy, a new young face, saying exactly the same thing. So even though they are new young faces, and saying exactly the same thing I'm saying, people are not getting vaccinated because of me. Hugh, sorry, you go back and analyze that. That's crazy. I will. 
We'll have that conversation. Okay. I appreciate, as always, your coming. You know how much I respect you, but I think the facts are on my side on this. By the way, tell Dr. Walensky to please do this show like you and Dr. Collins. I would love to talk to her and persuade people to get vaccinated. Very good. I will do that, Hugh. Thanks. Take care. Thank you, Dr. So you heard it there, folks. You heard it. Dr. Fauci doesn't think that he is an obstacle in the way uh, he's an obstacle to people getting vaccination. I just spoke about this. And apparently, um, Mr. Hewitt, Hugh Hewitt, also, he, he, you know, uh, and I've listened to him off and on for, for a, a while now. I haven't been listening to him recently, but this interview um, came up on my radar because um, it just, you know, these are some of the things I like to listen to. And he, he, he's a very straightforward kind of guy. He's, um, he's an, in my opinion, an honest person, one of the true, um, true, true, true journalists. Um, in the business. So, as you heard, Mr. Hewitt asked a very pertinent question. It was, it was very, very pertinent. And he even addressed the, the blind side that Dr. Fauci had when it comes to his credibility. Because what is he talking about? And this is how you know this is all talking points. He's talking about conspiracy theories. That's who he's talking about. He thinks he's talking to conspiracy theorists. I don't care about conspiracy theorists. You know, this is not about conspiracies. This is a credibility problem. And he just, Dr. Fauci, does not seem to understand that he has a credibility problem. He doesn't seem to understand that. He doesn't seem to understand that the young people today, we have computers in our palms, in the palms of our hands. We can get information. He is not the arbiter of information. Not like it was in the 1980s. In the 1980s, you could, you could talk a different way. You could be a different person. You could do things that you can't get away with today. And so... He's coming out and he's going, giving the old, well, you know, things change. And nobody's denying that. You know, nobody's denying that. But he does have a credibility problem. And I, I expressed this in, in, you know, earlier in the podcast. It's like he comes on and, oh, God, it's like, go away already. Just shh. And, and they're asking him about Christmas. It's like, don't even comment about Christmas. You don't need to say anything about anything. Go home. Go home. Stay home for a little while. Be quiet. You have helped institute vaccine mandates. Vaccine mandates. Let that sit in a while. Let that stew a little bit. Let people give, give them some space to breathe and not see your face and hear your voice. It's too much. It's Dr. Fauci overload. overload. 
Overlord. Yeah, he's an overlord too, but overload. It's a Dr. Fauci overload. Too much. Too damn much. And now they're going to make a documentary on it. A documentary. We ain't out of the woods yet. And you making a documentary on the man. What? We're not out of the woods. They were talking about other variants. I'm not trying to put out any false information, but they were talking about some other variants out there. So we're not anywhere near out of the woods. We're better than we were, but we're not out of the woods yet. So when he says, you know, there was, uh, I have several little points here because I was scribbling while he was talking. He, he, he tells this noble lie, right? Dr. Fauci does. He tells this noble lie that the reason why the masks don't work. Why did you have to tell that lie? In fact, why did you have to lie to anybody at all? Why couldn't you just tell the American public that we are in a shortage of masks? Please just don't buy masks at this time or whatever. You could have told the truth. You didn't have to lie. You really, really didn't. People found out anyways. People found out the truth anyways. And then they tried to suppress the truth. It was all over Twitter. It was all over Facebook. It was all over. We found out the truth anyways. What was the point of the lie? You heard Mr. Hewitt. He said, you know, I understand what you did. It was bad policy, but I understand it. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I think it was wrong. You could have just said the truth. But look, you know, this is a pandemic. We're trying to save these masks for people in the medical community. But you went out there, he went out there and said the masks don't work. That's what he said. And now the consequence is he, there's masks mandates. And he being the scientist told everybody that they don't work and it's considered a noble lie. So when you say follow the science, who, what science are we following? The noble lie one that masks don't work or the mask mandates? All he had to do was say the masks don't work. I mean, like, not, excuse me, all he had to do, I'm sorry, that's not what he had to say. The, the, what he had to say was the bad, we have a shortage of masks. He didn't have to say the masks don't work. What a narcissist, though. What a narcissist he is, because he didn't even, it didn't even occur to him that he might be an obstacle. Don't you think that's funny? There's no reflection on what he has done or the consequences of what he said. No reflection on that. No, no internal dialogue. No, maybe I was wrong. He didn't even think that he was wrong. He thinks it's a conspiracy theorist problem, not a credibility problem. He used those specific words. The masks don't work. 
And then he wants to throw shade at people who don't want to listen to him anymore. Because he's like, oh, well, you're smart, Hugh. But other people aren't smart. People are a lot smarter than you think they are. They really are. Because if you're talking about following the science, listen to the scientist. And, and, and words are floating about you like noble lies. And, and, and things are changing. Come on. Come on. And he, it never occurs to him that he has this credibility problem. I've said this before. I know I'm repeating myself. But he, it, that just gets into my craw right there. And I just go, really? Do you not know that every time you speak, people play what you say over and over and over again? This is not 1980s. This is not the 80s. I believe, and he, and he would he said, you know, he has evidence, and I'm definitely going to look into this evidence, that the premise, he says, I can just completely disagree with the premise, because there are an awful lot of people who do listen to me, and this is what it's all about. This is what has happened. Donald Trump pushed this man forward and gave him too much attention. And now he's everywhere. And now he's everywhere. And he can't stop. He wants, everybody is fawning over him right now. Oh, Dr. Fauci, come do my show. Oh, Dr. Fauci, come. You know, it's giving CNN that poor dying dog in the desert with no f water, no food, and, and nothing else going on for it. CNN Network. A teeny, tiny little speck of credibility. Even though nobody's watching. And that's saying a lot. Because Cable News Network is falling. The ratings on this, they're falling. They're dying. You know, some of these shows don't even pull a million. They don't even, they, they're not even in the 800,000. They're not even close. And so putting Fauci on the show gives the, the, the anchor a sense of credibility. Oh, we got Dr. Fauci and he's a scientist and all that. But it doesn't bring do anything to bring up the network. It doesn't do anything to bring in the ratings. And there's a lot to be said about self-reflection. There's a whole diatribe I could talk about about this culture of celebrity. 
how detrimental it can be to the character of a person. And in this interview, with those very, very valid questions, things I was, I was thinking about myself, things I, I've expressed myself, Hugh Hewitt brings to the front, to the fore here, confronts him, not with a fawning, all this love, 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 you know, but really confronting him with truth, confronting Dr. Fetch. And he's so caught up in the whirlwind of everybody wants to hear what I have to say. I only speak the truth, you know. I'm the truth. I'm the arbiter of truth. You know, only me. This is a, what are you saying? It's preposterous. It's wrong. It's not right. What are you saying? I, I push back at that. And you shouldn't be pushing back at that. You shouldn't. The correct thing he should have said was this, even though he didn't mean it, it would have been the correct thing to say. And I said this in a previous podcast. I don't know if I, if I, if the correct thing he should have said was, if at all, my presence, which I don't believe it is, caused people not to get vaccinated and would bring more people to the vaccination table, then of course, I would definitely consider Resigning. That is something to, I, I would definitely take that into consideration. That would have been the, hum, the, the humble part to say. But his ego was so out of control, so out there. It was so, he was so monstrous right now that he couldn't even consider it. He couldn't say, I will bow to the will of the people. If, if I can save one life, ten lives, a thousand lives, then definitely I would consider. And this is why. And he's like, this is a false narrative. I love that. Like, false narratives. (laughs) It's not a false narrative. It's it's an actuality. You know? This is an actuality. This is how people are feeling. You don't bring in the ratings to MSNBC or CNN. You don't. They don't care. People don't care anymore. When you go online and you say, oh, you may be celebrating Christmas. Christmas is not. They don't want to hear you. They don't want to hear you anymore. They're out there talking about F Fauci. Fuck Fauci. They want to wipe the slate clean. People want to wipe the slate clean. I want to wipe the slate clean. I want to see new face. I want to hear a new voice. I want some silence. I want everybody to shut the hell up. And let people just think a minute. Not be coerced, not be bullied, not be aggravated. Just shut 
the hell up. Just shut up. Give people some breathing space. Give them some room. Let them think. Let them consider. Let them come to their own conclusions. You can get more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. And this is why I believe that Dr. Fauci was one of Trump's mistake. This is Trump's mistake. And this is the one of one many, because, you know, deep state, I think he's responsible for it himself. This is the one we have to live with. He should have been brave. If Fauci was wrong and he disagreed with him, he should have fired him. But he did. Listen, that is all I got to say on this subject. I did a previous podcast on it. And I really wanted the interview because, you know, reading it is not the same as listening to it. I hope the sound is good. Listen, if you have made it with me this far, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, God. My last two podcasts had overwhelming success, so thank you for that. And, you know, I really appreciate it. Um, listen, go outside, have a good life, you know, have a good day, the best day you can have in spite of this crazy, 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 crazy world and some of the crazy people in it. You all go have, have a good day. Be blessed. Bye-bye. You have just heard the Black Eye Podcast. If you would like to contact me, you can do so through Twitter at MHB1070, on Instagram at My1029, that's M-H-I-G-H-1029, excuse me, or on Patreon at theblackeyepodcast.com. If you would like to donate to the podcast, you can do so through Stripe. Any donation helps me make better content and bring it to you. Thank you.